Nastavo Rana izvortom, pašas Vajikru. Rashi says in the beginning of the Seder, Vajikru of Moshe. Vajdabr Shemayi, the water is a Seder, Vajikru in the Vajdabr. So Rashi says, Lechol Adibres, Lechol Amiris, Lechol Tzivim, Kodmu, Kriyu, Shalchibah. Every time Hashem wanted to talk to Moshe, there was a Kriyu, Shalchibah. He called out to him with Chibah, with love. Right? And, and, and that, there was first the Kriyu, and then he spoke to him only. So Chadish Shalim explained something, I'm saying it briefly. And he says that, that every Duvash Bekdisha needs Azmuna. Everything that's that's kudash, anything that's holy, anything that's uh, special, you have to be ready for it. It doesn't just happen by itself. Even if somebody fasts, somebody's fasting for Hashem, Atanas, but he didn't have a mind in advance, I'm going to fast for Hashem's, uh, for a purpose, you know, that Hashem should forgive me, for example, or whatever. Hashem should have an from it. It's worthless. He could be fasting a bunch of Tanais, but he didn't have a mind, he wasn't prepared for it, it didn't happen with preparation, with thought, not worth anything. Said so the Sitra Akhra, the Yatzahara, that's spontaneous, right? The Yatzahara makes us do things without thinking. Yatzatoiv, the, the Kedisha, is always something that we're, we get ready for. You go daven, you make preparation, you wash your hands, you, you want to you be prepared. Shabbos is coming, everything has to have that Hazmuna uh, in advance. The Cholat every time Hashem was talking to Mashalabaini, Dibris, whatever it was, there was always Hazmuna, there was always something. Leading up to it, Hashem called out. It was. It wasn't just like like Rashi explains by Bilam or Navi'i Imus Oilam. It was just spontaneous. Like, okay, I have to talk to you. But anything worthwhile is is um, prepared for. And I think when it comes to communication with a spouse, when it comes to Shulbai, it's something to learn from. Not to an extreme. Let me say that. Not to an extreme. There are people that they want to talk to their spouse. And, and, and people learn this in therapy. Some interesting uh, marriage counselor ideas. Oh, you can't tell me now. We have to make an appointment if you want to tell me something. That's very extreme and very hurtful to shut someone down like that because they want to tell you something. I'm not ready to hear. But then again, if you want to have meaningful communication and you want to say something that's worthwhile hearing, then at least in your own mind, think, think about what you want to say. Now again, I don't, I don't mean when you want someone to pass the ketchup. But if you want to say something, you want to ask someone for something, you want to thank someone for something, you want to complain about something, think about it. If you just let things fall out of your mouth without thought, then it's missing, you know, some of that hazmuna uh, that a dufa shibikdisha and something worthwhile, something that's going to have a good effect, um, should have. So with that, let's let's uh, mention something over here. A question that came in. I so much enjoy. Hi, I so much enjoy listening to your shiurim. They're so eye-opening, down to earth, easy to understand, and easy to implement. Okay, thank you so much. I wanted to ask if there's an issue I want to discuss with my husband, but just reviewing it in my mind makes me teary-eyed. And I know that starting to talk to him will just choke me up. Not because it's a major issue, it's just my personality. Is it okay to email or write to him the issue, and then we can discuss it later, and it's easier because I already said what I want to do? Thank you again. Okay, good question. Something that's hard for me to discuss, um, could I write it instead of, instead of saying it? It's easier for me in writing. So, the short answer is yes. But because I wanted to make a class out of this, and because there really is more to uh, elaborate on, let me let me um, clarify a few points. I'm just going to take this opportunity to mention something I mention often, and that's maybe not often enough. That's the importance of communication and connection. Okay, if you're married to someone, you got to communicate. Now people take it for granted, or people think it's a joke, and then at some point you realize that you know I'm really not communicating. And I hear that from people. By the time Kanaina Hara, you have a few children around, by the time you're stressed out about other things, by the time life is very busy, you might realize, when was the last time you had a meaningful conversation with your spouse? When was the last time you said that? Or oh, when's the next one going to be? I don't know. What do you mean? What, you don't know. I mean, if I have something to say, I'll tell her. But otherwise, we're both very busy. We don't make time for each other. And all of a sudden, what happens is, uh, you know, some people are feeling very 
not cared for, or not, uh, you know, and, and that's what communication is about. That, that's what relationship is about. If you don't communicate, I mean, the fact that you're living in one house, the fact that you got married at some point, okay, the fact that you have some you have some kids together or sharing bills, that's not a relationship. Now, I know that, that life is busy and it's hard to make time for it, and we tend to push things under the rug because uh, we'll do it one day. You know, we'll marry off the kids, we'll have time to talk. But unfortunately, you know, those kind of relationships really suffer. And, and, and you know, some people, sometimes people know that it, that it has to happen, um, and they want it to happen, and I, I wish we could have time together. Well, you want to call it quality time or communication time or whatever it is, um, but I don't have when, or my spouse is not interested. If you'd really want, you would do it, you would tell me, you would arrange the babysitting. I don't know, some people play this hard-to-get game where, yeah, we have to talk, so make time. Oh, how come you're not asking me for it? Or how come you don't take care of it? How come you don't initiate it? And the other one is just, I don't know, every time I try, you're running away. Well, I can't. Listen, if this is going to turn into a fight, then just ignore the whole thing. It's better to not talk than to fight, or maybe not. Maybe it's better to fight, at least you're talking. But in any case, it's definitely very important to make time for each other. And people tell me this, you know, there were times, there were weeks that I listened to your advice, people tell me, and I made time, we took a walk, or we spoke, or we sat down, we had some time together, and things were better tackled, we felt more connected, more understood, you know, we, we understood each other better. And there were times that we didn't, because it was too busy, and then all of a sudden we got into this whole thing, and all came from not communicating and not spending time with each other. The time itself is therapeutic, it makes people feel connected and cared for, and then the communication that you could have when, you know, when it's quiet and... You know, just bickering over something that came up that second. That's also definitely something uh, important. So nobody should run away from the other one. And it's okay if you're the one to initiate. And, and it's okay if you're the one to accept and feel good about it. When you communicate, yeah, it's a way to communicate as well. It's not just uh, it's not just mumbling or grunting or hinting things. You know, so often people say things in a way that's so not coherent. You don't understand what the other person's saying. And it's just enough that a week later, I told you. What, why are you making me leave? You don't know. You don't remember I said something? Yeah, is that called saying something? I mean, some people have this thing about saying it just, just enough that I can say that I told you, right? We, we were supposed to go somewhere, we made a certain plan, I told you, oh, this is crazy, so far as and you mumble under your breath, and then when somebody um, um, assumes that it's a given that we're going, what, I told you I don't want to go. You have to communicate. So aside from the time to connect, there's a way to communicate. And when you talk to someone, make sure that you are heard, make sure that what you're saying is supposed to be said, make sure you're not just just throwing something at someone, or insulting someone or hurting someone's feelings, and make sure that you're hearing what someone else is saying. Well, that's what communication is about. I mean, this is not the time to go into the, the rules of communication, but communication is, is very important. And the power of speech is probably the most powerful thing that we have. What you could do with, with, your, with your speech, right? We see in Zoyer, Malchus Peh. Malchus, right? the, the whole power of a king is only the fact that he can talk. The Malchus, Kavyuchel of Hashem, is the Peh, the Dibir of Hashem. If, if a king can't talk, he's not, he's not a king. He could be as strong as he wants, he could have the biggest army. But talking, that's your power. And words have the power to make people feel good. Words have the power to, unfortunately, make people feel bad. And it's up to you how you want to use your, your, your power of speech. So if you don't use it to communicate and connect in a healthy way, you probably can end up using it to hurt someone or abuse someone or make someone feel bad. So these are all things to, uh, to think about. And once we're at it, let me just say this much, that sometimes people bury topics that should be communicated about, thinking that, no, it's not worth it, or it won't be taken well, or it's a shame, or I don't have to go into it. It, it. Again, you don't have to say everything the second it comes to your mind, and you shouldn't. Like we said before, it needs hazmun and mirosh, and you want to think about some things before you say it. But not saying it doesn't mean that it's flying away. It means that it's getting stuck over here, because you're not saying it, so you're choking on it. And eventually you get very resentful. That's what happens when they say you, you, you bury topics under the carpet. Eventually the carpet gets so high, you're banging your head in the ceiling because you don't want to talk about something that's really bothering you. 
the fact that you don't say it doesn't doesn't go, doesn't make it go away. Doesn't mean you should blurt it out in a hurtful way. Of course not. It's not going to make anything better. But not saying something is definitely um, not helping anyone. Now, aside from communicating face to face, there's something called written communication, right? In the days of old, it was with a quilt and a piece of parchment. Later on, maybe with a pen and paper. And today, with all kinds of gadgets and all kinds of uh, texting, WhatsApping, which is voice notes maybe included, um, and emailing and things like that. So, let me let me mention some of the pitfalls to be aware of when it comes to written communication. And I see this very often. Okay, number one, when people rely on written communication, texting, right, all kind of hogo wogo and all kinds of uh, abbreviations you don't realize that what you're missing out on. In other words, you think you're communicating something, but really you're missing a lot of what communication offers, whether it's the face-to-face, looking each other in the eye, or connecting, having time together. I'll write you a text, you'll read it when you have time, you'll send it back, I'll read it when I have time. That's not communication. So one of the pitfalls of written communication is that you rely on it, and technically it serves the purpose, and you miss out on connecting. So that's, that's first of all. Um, second of all, when you rely on written communication, you're usually only communicating things that are technical. You don't just... You don't, you don't communicate, um, hi, how are you, unless it's just part of a text, very often. You know, when you see someone, you talk to someone, you want to hear what's on their mind, how their day was, and you're interested, but you're not going to just share something by text. Very often, you just communicate things that are technical, and that's not communication. That's, that's just like two neighbors taking out the garbage uh, different days or carpooling. Um, and then there's everything that goes between the lines of communication, which is even when you are communicating something technical, when you talk face-to-face to someone, and you ask when they want to go, you could always stick in like, oh, I love going with you, or you smile when you say it, and the person listens, and you see someone listening to you and giving you attention and putting away their phone while they listen. There's a lot of things that go on when you talk to someone face-to-face that you miss out on when you're, when you're communicating in writing. There's also a tone, which I've seen this many times. People misread a text. They read it in a nasty way because they're in a bad mood, and they think, oh, look what it says over here. Come home early. And really, if the person would have said it, and you would have heard the person say, even just on the phone, you would, you would have heard it in a nice way. Right? Can you come home early? Well, maybe it's missing the word please. But you can see it as, can you come home early? Or you can see it as, um, can you come home early? It's very different already. And that's, again, that's one of, the, one of the problems with written communication is that it's up to interpretation and misinterpretation. But what I think is, is the bigger challenge of written communication is that sometimes um, people feel easier or faster to be nasty or abusive or hurtful in writing. Because sometimes when you're talking... You know, okay, so the conversation just helps it helps itself out, and and you know we understand each other better. And you say something, but, but in writing, you could write a long rant, or you could you could write things that are nasty and hurtful, and you know it's, you don't have to watch the person say it. You don't have to watch the person take it. You don't have to feel bad. You don't have to be afraid they're gonna they're gonna say it back to you right away. You don't have to be afraid they'll cut you off. And people, um, I had quite a few times that people show me texts or WhatsApps or whatever it is that they get from a spouse or women that forward me emails that they got from a spouse, for example. And then, you know, when a spouse found out, finds out about that, what, you showed that to Rabbi Gruen? And it's not only me, it's probably anyone um, talking to people about these things. People are, I'm horrified. Okay? I'm, I'm horrified that you showed him that what? That I, that I cursed you out or made you feel like an idiot? Yes, you should be horrified. You sent that to your husband, hoping that he won't show it to anyone? Why is it okay to send it to him? It's only not okay for him to show it to someone else? It's only not okay for him to show it to someone who doesn't tell him, I think your wife has a problem. Why, why all of a sudden are you ashamed? Why are you not ashamed of yourself when you sent it in the first place? I'm not going into if it's right or wrong to share a text or an email. I'm not going into um, what you should have done with it, or how you should have dealt with it. 
But if you're writing something to someone, and you wouldn't want them to show it to someone else, then why'd you write it? And part of the problem with writing is that it doesn't get deleted so fast. Right? Very often people have, people have it uh, in writing. Look, this, this is what I got. And it doesn't go away. And two years later, oh, you want to see a text that I got two years ago? Huh. That you don't have that. You know, with verbal communication, you apologize, things go over, and you, you passed it. So it's not a question. I'm, I'm mentioning it briefly, these things. There's a lot to talk about. It's not a question that written communication has pitfalls to be aware of. Right? It has dangers. Has problems. So when people rely on written communication and they don't realize the importance of communicating directly, it's a problem. However, like everything in this world almost, there's benefits as well. There's benefits. Hashem made written communication for a reason, obviously. I think that, on the one hand, on the contrary, sometimes when you talk, right, you're in the middle of an argument and you have to come up with something fast, or someone's uh, in the middle of accusation or interrogation, and your husband or wife is asking you a question and you feel like you have to answer right away, and you come up with something that wasn't thought through. And you're answering something that you didn't mean. And later, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. You're apologizing. When it comes to writing something, or if you keep quiet in the moment, you know what, I'll write down my thoughts. You can think about it. You can think about it before you write it. You could rewrite it. You could reread it. Somebody was telling me that one of the milers that he sees in, the, in, the, in emailing is that you could schedule send an email. You could write an email now, as angry as you are, and schedule send it for an hour from now. Or, or let it have you, send you a reminder that you want to you read it over before it gets delivered. I had an email once in my outbox that I wrote to someone about a topic that was uh, some friction going on um, between me and other people. And I wrote an email um, describing how I feel. And I scheduled sent it for a week. And then, I, and then I pushed it off for another week. And I kept on telling myself, you know what, it's not an emergency. I could, I could always uh, explain myself or whatever it is, but it's not an emergency, right? Let me push it off a little more. It stayed in my outbox for a long time. And then it became a draft, and then it just got deleted because it wasn't important anymore. So there's definitely something about writing something down and thinking through, and rewriting it, rereading it, and making sure that it will be taken well. Another benefit that you have is sometimes when it comes to conversation, you say something and somebody um, um, answers back in the middle, and you can't get to the point, and it wasn't understood, and, and I was saying one thing and you heard something else. You know, when you give something in writing, it's usually read till the end, and you know, you're communicating something. So it's definitely a benefit. Um, you have a case like this where the letter writer over here is telling me that, you know, I, I don't want to get choked up and teary-eyed and it's easier for me to writing. That, that as well. And then you have the parts about writing nice things that sometimes people don't feel comfortable saying. Some people don't feel comfortable being vulnerable or giving a compliment or saying something with some, with some feeling, some, some emotional message. You know, give a compliment, tell you I'm in love and these things, I don't know, it doesn't feel good. And you put it into writing, it's just so much easier. So if you use the benefit of writing and, and you use it to your benefit and you don't replace communication with it but you enhance your communication with the benefits that written communication gives you, I think it's wonderful. So my answer to the writer here is if something's hard to say, could you write it? Of course you could write it. But don't rely only on writing and when you do write, you could write. You could write it down. The reason why I'm writing to you is because it's hard for me to say it. I'm afraid that when I say it, I'll get teary-eyed and I'll get choked up. It's easy for you writing, and I appreciate that you're reading this, and you could either write back or you could talk to me about it. You know, don't, don't write someone to something and hide behind a text. That I tell people often. Don't hide behind a text or email or card and, just because you're not brave enough to say something. Right? Very often, when somebody sees you writing and you're not saying, it already shows a certain um, um, insecurity. So if you're relying on writing, it's fine if you do it the right way and you don't replace communication, but feel free to write down. It's easier in writing. I hope you'll read it through, and then we can discuss it. I'll be happy to talk to you. So with Hashem's help and the proper communication and the proper time together and the proper understanding of each other, hearing someone out, letting someone hear you out, thinking about how you want to say something before you say it, 
I think these are things that could enhance any relationship. And with Hashem's help, help us live together. Baha'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a